Before tonight's episode, I want to let you know about our supporters feed, Get Sleepy Premium, the best way to experience the show and get a good night's sleep. With Get Sleepy Premium, everything is ad-free. You'll receive a bonus episode every week and have full access to our entire back catalogue. Your support really helps and means so much to us. Simply tap the link in the show notes to learn more. Now, a quick word from our sponsors who make it possible for us to bring you two free episodes each week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Do you have a baby that won't fall asleep? A noisy neighbor you need to block out? Or maybe you're looking for relaxing music, nature sounds, and atmospheres to work, relax, or study to? If so, the Deep Sleep Sounds app is for you. It has a huge library of sounds from nature and daily life, ASMR triggers, plus ambient sounds and music. You can even combine sounds to create your own unique mix and use them as a background soundscape for your favorite get sleepy stories. Through our partnership with Deep Sleep Sounds, you can get a 30-day free trial by going to deepsleepsounds.com slash get sleepy. That's deepsleepsounds.com slash get sleepy. Or just follow the link in the show notes for a 30-day free trial of the Deep Sleep Sounds app. Welcome to Get Sleepy, the podcast where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. I'm your host, Thomas. Thanks so much for tuning in. Arif will be reading tonight's story where we'll pay a visit to the Italian island of Ponza. Located to the west of mainland Italy, this small, picturesque island is a popular holiday destination, and many visitors return every summer. The character in tonight's story, Luca, is one of these regular visitors. But although he thinks he's explored every nook and cranny of the island, there's still one magical place left to discover. Let's prepare for our story with a moment of relaxation so we can naturally transition from the wakeful and active frame of mind to a calmer, more restful one. So, close your eyes if you haven't already done so, and just allow your breathing to slow to a pace that feels relaxed and reassuring for you. You may need a little extra help to let go of niggling thoughts playing on your mind. 
So just try to picture yourself outside on a sunny day, looking up at the blue sky, watching gentle clouds float by. That scene is just like your mind. The ever-present blue sky observes as the clouds move by, just as your mind observes those thoughts that come and go, as if they too were drifting on the breeze. Separate any sense of your thoughts being intrinsically part of you and simply become the observer. Whatever thoughts present themselves, you can just smile and watch as they drift by across that beautiful blue sky. Where we're going tonight, a clear blue sky envelops the scene below, and the warming sunshine caresses your skin, filling you with comfort and ease. So as you continue to relax, allow an image to form in your imagination. A small white boat floats on the calm surface of the sea. The colors are beautifully bright and vivid. And this is where our story begins. of the water soon lull him back into a deep, 
dreamy sleep. The boat bobs up and down, gently rocking. One man floats dreamily in the water, while the other sleeps on the boat. Time is suspended. This peaceful moment could last forever. A young man, Luca, had been dreaming of moments like these. Sea, sunshine, and pure relaxation. This was why he came to the Italian island of Ponza every summer. It was like a second home. Whenever he returned there, traveling by ferry, he thought about all the people who had made this journey over the centuries. In ancient times, Ponza was a wild, remote paradise. It was also a place of exile for the relatives of some Roman emperors. They were exiled from Rome and sent to live on this distant, hilly island surrounded by dazzling blue sea. Although it was a beautiful place to live, it was far away from the politics of the Roman Empire and the rest of the world they knew. The first settlers arrived on Ponza in Neolithic times, thousands of years ago. When he was exploring the wilder parts of the island, it seemed to Luca that very little had changed in all that time. As he climbed up rocky trails, wandered through the vineyards, or went on boat trips around the island, it might have been any year in history. The modern world felt very far away. During his stays on the island, Luca changed his routines and rhythms. He switched off his phone and forgot about work. He woke up early and often went to bed early too. He was always worn out after a long day of walking or an afternoon of swimming and sunbathing in the rocky coves. It was a good, healthy kind of tiredness. He would fall asleep the moment he closed his eyes and sleep deeply until the next morning. Occasionally, he would wake up just in time to see the soft pink sky at sunrise. 
Luca stayed in a house at the top of the hill, with breathtaking views across the island. Sometimes he stayed with friends, and other times he came alone. On this particular trip, he had just spent several days with his friends. It had been a fun but tiring week of boat trips and diving expeditions and delicious seafood dinners. Now his friends had gone, and Luca had the house to himself for the remainder of his trip. Although he missed his friends in a way, he was looking forward to exploring at a more leisurely pace. He was also happy to have a few days without any plans, so he could do whatever he felt like in the moment. Luca never felt lonely here. By now, he knew many of the locals. Every morning, as he walked down the steep path that led to the town, he would always encounter at least one or two neighbors who greeted him with a smile. He even knew some of the dogs in the neighborhood. He often saw a friendly Labrador and an affectionate old mongrel that always came up to him, hoping for a scratch behind the ear or a belly rub. Their owners allowed them to wander freely, exploring the streets and gardens. When he was alone, Luca's usual morning routine involved a stroll into town and breakfast at a local cafe. He would order a steaming hot black coffee and a sugary pastry filled with jam. Then he would wander through the cobbled streets of the center, admiring the colorful buildings. Many of them were painted in pastel shades. Blue, pink, yellow. Some of the houses were white, reminding him of seaside villages in Greece. Wherever he walked, he found color and beauty and reminders of the sea. The shops sold swimwear and snorkeling equipment and souvenirs inspired by the ocean. There was even a jewelry shop selling necklaces with coral pendants and charm bracelets with little golden shells 
which he bought as gifts. The cafes and restaurants were brightly decorated and looked welcoming, with chalkboard menus advertising fresh fish and hearty plates of seafood pasta. As he passed under the balconies of apartments and guest houses, he saw colorful beach towels hung out to dry in the sun. The port was nearby too. Sometimes Luca would stroll to the edge of the island and have a coffee sitting outside at one of the cafes overlooking the port. He liked to watch the ships come in and see the tourists arrive. Although the port was always a little hectic and noisy, it was nice to see people's excitement as they got to town. Some looked around in wonder, witnessing the beauty of the island for the first time. Lucas smiled, remembering his own happiness and excitement on his first visit to Panza all those years ago. There was something special about seeing a beautiful place for the very first time. But Luca now enjoyed his visits in a different way, with a sense of comfort and familiarity. He had his routines, and he knew exactly where to go the best swimming spots, or the most scenic parts of the island. On this particular day, on his own and with no plans, Luca decided to have lunch at one of his favorite restaurants. It wasn't far from the town but getting there was an adventure. First, he went on a short boat journey across the bay to a long, pebbly beach. He often came to this beach to sunbathe or to swim in the crystal clear water. Before continuing his journey to the restaurant, he allowed himself a quick, refreshing dip. Once he was feeling cool and refreshed, he was ready to continue on his way. He walked to the far end of the beach past rows of sunbeds and umbrellas, and around some pools surrounded by boulders. At the far end of the beach was a tall, sand-colored cliff 
with a steep flight of steps cut into the rock. It wasn't the easiest climb, but it was a route he'd taken many times before, and it was the only way to reach the restaurant. Slowly and carefully, Luca made his way up the steps. Up and up, all the way to the top. The steps seemed to go on forever. But when he caught sight of a goat grazing in a patch of grass, he knew he'd arrived. This was no ordinary restaurant. Its uniqueness was one of the reasons Luca returned again and again. Often several times in a single trip. It was worth the climb and getting a little bit out of breath. The main area was a large, shady terrace with some old-fashioned tables and chairs. This was the dining area, with spectacular views over the beach and the bay. Just below the terrace was a row of striped sunbeds and deck chairs for any visitor who felt like sunbathing after lunch. There was also another row of sunbeds behind the terrace, in the shade of the pine trees. In addition to the restaurant and relaxation areas, there was also a small folk museum telling the story of the island and its people. There were just a couple of rooms in the museum filled with an assortment of photos, tools, and machinery. Each object was carefully labeled with handmade signs. The family who owned the restaurant also ran the museum and clearly took pride in it. They would offer guided tours to anyone who came to eat, happy to share their deep love and knowledge of the island with visitors. Finally, near the museum was a kind of farm a vegetable garden, and some enclosures with goats and chickens. The animals sometimes wandered freely. The family's dog could often be found sleeping under one of the tables in the restaurant, while the goats roamed around the garden. Luca loved the atmosphere in this special place. 
even though he had visited many times, it always filled him with a sense of childlike wonder. But today, the main purpose of his visit was to enjoy a simple lunch with a view. He greeted the owner and then sat down with a contented sigh, happy to be resting in the shade. He sipped a glass of cold water and gazed at the panorama in front of him. This stretch of coastline was truly stunning, with its craggy cliffs and gorgeous blue water, like something from the Caribbean. He felt like he was sitting on the top of the world. Just as he was beginning to feel hungry, the owner returned with his food. There was no written menu at this restaurant, but Luca trusted the family to prepare simple, traditional meals with fresh ingredients. Today, the owner had prepared a delicious dish of eggplant, tomato, and cheese baked in the oven. With a side serving of pizza stuffed with chicory and olives, there was also a basket of freshly baked bread rolls, still warm from the ocean. Luca tucked into his food with relish, savoring every moment. He felt perfectly content to be sitting here alone, eating a delicious meal and admiring one of the most beautiful views in the world. But another advantage of this particular restaurant was the friendliness of the guests. It was easy to get into conversation with the people sitting at other tables. It felt more like a family dining room than a traditional restaurant. More than once, Luca had ended up befriending fellow diners, meeting them again for a meal or a day at the beach. This time, Luca ended up chatting to a middle-aged man at the next table. This man, Marco, was also dining alone. Luca was not surprised to discover that Marco was a sailor. He was deeply tanned, and his dark hair had a golden tint from the sun. He looked 
like he'd spent his whole life on the sea. As the two men finished their meal with a cup of coffee, they shared their experiences of visiting the various coves and grottos around Panza. Most of them were places that Luca was familiar with, but there was one he didn't know, the Cave of Circe. All he knew was the name, and that it was on the western side of the island. But as he explained to Marco, he had never visited the cave, and he knew nothing about Circe. Marco smiled and suggested they make a deal. If Luca bought him lunch, Marco would take him to visit the cave of Circe and tell him the story of the myth. Luca had to see this magical place for himself. And just as the restaurant could only be reached by the steps on the side of the cliff, the cave of Circe could only be reached in one way, by boat. Luca was keen to discover another part of the island, so he accepted willingly. He agreed to meet Marco at the port the following day. The next afternoon, the two friends met at the port and began their journey on Marco's little white boat. The boat was completely white, from the hull to the awning. The only other color was the blue paint on the side of the hull. The boat was called La Sirena, the mermaid. It was an appropriate name for the boat and for this particular expedition. They were on their way to visit the cave of an enchantress. After leaving the port, they began to slowly navigate the circumference of the island, looking out for sites and landmarks. There were man-made grottos dating back to Roman times, once used as fisheries. Then they passed small, rocky islands and the crumbling ruins of an ancient lighthouse high on the hill. The island was small and they were in no rush to reach their destination. So they took their time enjoying the magnificent scenery. They stopped and lingered for a while in the most impressive bay 
wide expanse of coastline shaped like a crescent moon, with towering golden cliffs. Gazing at the cliffs from the sea, Luca imagined how the island must have appeared to the Greeks and the Romans, exactly as it was now. From here, he could see nothing but untouched nature, majestic cliffs rising up around a narrow stretch of sand, and a shimmering expanse of turquoise water. Once they were ready to move on, Marco started the boat's engine. He explained that Circe's cave was just a little further around the bend. It wasn't quite as spectacular as this bay, but it had a charm of its own. It also had a story. When the boat next stopped, it took a moment for Luca to realize where they were. At first, the cliff seemed to be a solid wall of rock. But then he looked a little closer and saw that there was a wide opening above the water, the entrance to Circe's cave. The archway was just tall enough for the boat to pass through. Marco gently guided the boat under the archway and into the cave. It was more spacious than Luca had expected, like a large room. But instead of a floor, there was only blue water, and the high, sloping ceiling was made of rock. The shape of the cave reminded Luca of a church. There was also something mystical about the light. The sunlight streamed in through the opening, creating watery reflections on the walls and ceiling. As the boat drifted further into the cave, the magical effects of the light intensified. They were surrounded by gorgeous, luminescent shades of blue on all sides. Luca breathed in deeply. The cave had a soothing, calming atmosphere. Perhaps it was the simplicity of the sensations. There were no sounds except for the water gently lapping against the walls of the cave. And 
he could see was the rock and the water. Time seemed to slow down or even stand still. He felt safe and protected here. But the cave also had a special quality that he couldn't put into words. It felt incredibly ancient and somehow sacred. As he tried to express his feelings to Marco, the sailor smiled and nodded. It was something that everyone felt when they entered the cave. Luca would understand when he heard the story of Circe. Long ago, in the mythical age of the Odyssey, this island was a wild and magical place. It was famous among sailors and travelers as the home of Circe, a beautiful goddess with fiery hair and golden eyes. Circe had special talents as an enchantress. Using her knowledge of potions and herbs to cast spells, she even enchanted the hero Odysseus and his men. But most of the time, Circe lived a peaceful, solitary life on the island. She passed her time wandering through the woods and vineyards, searching for new plants and herbs to use in her spells. On these long, dreamy walks in the woods, she was often accompanied by her pets. She had a variety of cats, dogs, birds, and even a pair of tame lions that walked by her side. Once Circe had gathered her plants, she would return to her palace in the forest on the hill and spend the afternoon creating potions or weaving on her loom. She used to sing to herself as she worked beautiful melodies like birdsong and lullabies that sent her animals to sleep. She was soon surrounded by dozing cats and dogs, lying curled up on the floor near her feet. On hot summer days, Circe spent less time at work. She preferred to stay outside, soaking up the rays of the warm, Mediterranean sun. She sunbathed on the rocky beaches or swam in the shallow water 
floating on her back like a starfish. Sometimes she explored the rock pools, searching for shells, rocks, or plants to use in a spell. But she was also happy to do nothing at all. She would bask in the sunshine for an hour or so, then immerse herself in the cool water. She repeated this cycle over and over again, all through the summer. Visiting the cave by the sea was another one of her summer rituals. She considered it to be her own private cave, a secret she would never share with another soul. When she had visitors, she would gladly show them her orchards and vineyards. She might even give them a tour of the room where she concocted her potions. But the cave was for her alone. When Circe felt like stretching her limbs, she would swim to the cave. She was sometimes joined by a pod of dolphins, escorting her all the way to the entrance. Then she would float in the middle of the cave for a while, savoring the peaceful silence and the cool water. But when she wanted to spend a little longer in the cave, she would go by boat. She set out on her golden rowboat, rowing steadily across the waves and under the archway. She stopped only when she was in the middle of the cave, sheltered from the rest of the world. Once she was here, she would lose track of time. The boat rocked gently on the waves, spinning slowly around as Circe daydreamed. Sometimes she sang to herself, listening to her voice echo dreamily off the walls of the cave. It was like the cave was singing back to her. Sometimes she did nothing at all, letting her mind empty completely until she was aware of nothing but her breaths. In these relaxing, trance-like states, ideas would often come to her, rising up out of her consciousness like a bubble in the water. She was inspired to create new healing potions or to invent even more powerful magic spells. And then 
ever so slowly, all thoughts faded away. Circe closed her eyes and fell into a long, peaceful sleep right there in her enchanted cave. This was the end of Marco's story. Now Luca understood why the cave had such a strange, magical atmosphere. The memory of Circe's songs and dreams still lingered in the air and the water and permeated the walls. Marco started the boat's engine. They slowly left the cave, passing through the archway and into the sunlight. It even felt different outside. The light seemed softer, and the movement of the water was even slower and gentler than before. By telling Circe's story, the sailor had cast a spell of his own. Or perhaps it was just Luca's imagination. He was feeling tired now and in need of a nap. He often slept on summer afternoons and he was tempted to have a short sleep here on the boat. Marco was happy to stop the boat for a while. Luca could join him for a swim or relax on the boat for as long as he liked. There was no rush, nowhere they needed to go and nothing to do. They were free to relax. Luca watched Marco dive into the water. The sailor swam with natural ease, gliding through the waves like a dolphin, or like Circe swimming to her cave. Luca smiled to himself, wondering if Marco was a descendant of the goddess. Perhaps he had inherited Circe's talent. It was relaxing to watch Marco swim for a while, but at last Luca was too tired to resist. He lay down on a beach towel in the shade of the awning and closed his eyes. He could sense the light and warmth of the sun on his body. But in that moment, he felt just like Circe, asleep in the cave in her golden rowboat. He found it deeply soothing, picturing the goddess in the same position 
feeling the same sensations as she drifted into sleep. They were both lulled by the gentle rocking motions of the waves, breathing in deeply until their minds were quiet. Warmed by the sun and soothed by the waves, Luca slipped into sleep.